Good evening to all of you out there in Kili Land. Uh, welcome to the Oglala Lakota College Lakota Storytelling Hour. want to say good evening to all of our regular listeners, to those of you who are just now tuning in, those of you on the roads on your way home. Uh, watch out, it is slippery out there. And just like to greet all of you listening with uh, with a good heart and uh, heartfelt handshake to all of you. This is uh, Peter Hill, also known as Baha, and it is a good day today. Gakia kilima koche goanta donatiata anahopdana gokana dona o go yohila lehantu chana. Anna <laughs> La Kotiagle Khehila Gesa Nahechetu Na O Hinia Yuginina Yunayink da Chalilash Agia Washi Chu'u Ikhusheka Hoash Akshakalech Daitukiha Lakshi Uogishni Lechala Masamakipina Tiata Wailagitiake Ashdokhashni Mish Togata Okoki Wau Oaki Hikteshni Na doksha he iwagalakin kite. Ho cha lekshia nakhopta na kehantana shli lantetu ashewanji yuhayo. La khotia womaki laka chanshna i wamash ake. Bulihemich ie. Ea wana omakha dona hehan la khuli agle unspeech ichie wa chamihina lekshi lila omaki na ioma pashtake. Na tchogatakia glahea i Yagalaps e la khotiwan kitawa chielo. Nahachtiwa dohan shnata. Chichikes e ipechpech i iegla shnashna kewagla kacha amichik tunzapo. Nanakum hepchesa. Dakunchi ipech hepchehantanash amichik tunzagwa shekte. So anyway, I want to uh, uh, say thank you as always to uh, Lexi Brian for uh, inviting me onto this radio show which he's uh which he's had for a couple of years now through Oklahoma Lakota College um and and I know that I'm not the only one out there that really appreciates all the work he does on behalf of the Lakota language in terms of its revitalization and uh passing it on to the future generations um and he, I talked to him about an hour ago, and he's not able to be here today uh, because he's uh, bogged down at home, and that's fine. Next week I will not be able to be here for the show, and uh, and I'll talk about uh, why that is in a little bit. So I uh, really want to say especially good day to Lekshi, and it'll be good two weeks from now when we are uh, back on the air. I really uh, enjoy the shows that we are able to do, and to all those of you out there listening, um, this is a bilingual show, and I am a not a first language speaker of Lakota, so please do uh, forgive me as a learner for any uh, any mistakes in uh, language speaking, and I know there are lots of good fluent speakers out there, um, far better speakers, far more knowledgeable than I am, which is why we always say, um, you know, the the door is open, and if um, you know if you have a story or a contribution, you know, or, or something that you want to pass on uh, during our showtime here. You know, come on up, and we will make room for you. Cha hi ungaps a hiopaki yuhahe. Cha onipha ya chihanta she chash uo. Chash i unginu kampikte. And once again, just a reminder: be careful out there. Uh, the roads are really 
slick, so uh, drive carefully if you're on the way home from work or otherwise driving on the roads. Shankuki la susutecha i iwayangia yagacha babikte. Ale lechashe preki trogata ogoki i elwa unkteshni. Ichi oanka yijaja bambetuki ha wiohi ambadaki menikte. O trua hewa trungashla oti abchaikta menikte. Washitria Washington, D.C. Ichin laitan shakbet shanki ha wichashwa Barack Obama jiaghe i Itchan Shankahokte Inauguration Ab Hidokeshke inaugurate Lakhoti Ab Gahechi Ganash Doshke Abso Ganash Wat Heshla Gijat Humpikte Eshesh i Kansu Num Ishichala Iwachu November Doki Fourth Nish Fifth Uheha Obama Gahnicha Yukhan <laughs> Che Hamas Amakib Habshnicha Ienaway Honaha Hitachi Onach Umayana Kansuki Iomahi Na Numak Uboki Pika Mitroichi Lila Abalawachi Ash Tawashiki Ampetu Hanak Uboki Pshni Yukhan Kalawaiwaki Suyama Hingale Hekta Balokeha Wakhaun kichi zapoheha el unaha kchiwagalaki naha inauguration ekta yinktechtinke hocha mas alkibhina kansu agabuan buluhakibhe cha imuhina laya chinhuo ebhunkhaata ata iushkit el cha kalawaye unhem Minnesota tahayinaha hel ata unkichi akte Shahelila el ewachi lehal ata ampetuki balawahe. So just to uh, uh, say in English what I was talking about is that the reason I won't be here for our show next week is that I am heading east to Washington D.C. for the presidential inauguration for the uh, inauguration of Barack Obama as the president on uh, Tuesday, the 20th of January. <clears throat> and I was able to obtain two free tickets through Tim Johnson's office. Uh called them the day after the inauguration to ask if they were going to have tickets available. And they did, but they didn't know how many yet that they would be receiving to distribute. Um, but they said they put me on the list and let me know. And then they really, geez, it was about five weeks uh, before I heard from them again. And they they did say that they had tickets. I was able to get two. Um, I was hoping to take my wife, but she um, couldn't get the days off of work. Um, but the one who originally originally floated the idea to me and planted the seed in my head of going to the inauguration was a friend of mine who came to our wedding last summer. And uh, <clears throat> so after I got the tickets, I called him up and asked if he would like to go <clears throat> and he was uh <clears throat> he was really excited about that so he's going to come from uh, Minnesota there's a couple of other red cloud people who are also uh going along and uh and it should be it should be really something so uh as as my students know that's uh really on my mind <laughs> i'm really looking forward to uh to being there for that. They said upwards of two and a half million people are going to be there, so just uh, just hope they got enough bathrooms set up around the capital. Yeah. 
Chakozak Vakuki, Chanit Humpi and Petuki, Gluhak Dake, Wanietu Wanjicha Dake, Ocha, Happy Birthday Braylon Epchachi, Saturday, I think it was. Eshesh in Dakuso. Oh, hektan heha in lakhoti agle wonglaka. Ona daku a iokshi liam chaeungatham. Nale. Oyanke gle el oyawaki otakcha el i lakholiapiki dokha kyapshis alecha. Abla sabhanta oyawaki el lakhotiapiki balazata yuzab. Washitriya in Lakhuta language is is pushed to the periphery of the curriculum. Um it's marginalized in, in a lot of our uh, school systems. Mobalake Ktawaki Lila Lakhutiapi Lakholiapi ki El Ewachim Ash classes ki Jonala. Na Walwanchalash na Yuhapi. And some of the school students might only have Lakhuta uh, anything once a week, or not even as much as that. And often the language teacher has to also wear uh, the hats of being the Lakota culture teacher, history teacher, uh, traditional games teacher, spirituality teacher, um, all at the same time. And, you know, I, I really support having these things in the curriculum and I think that these, these teachers are really put at a disadvantage because it, it's hard enough to teach language when you have students five days a week, um, almost impossible to really advance with the language instruction when you're expected to also uh, be teaching uh, beadwork, traditional government, sacred sites, hoshishipa, uh, <laughs> inkbata, uh, the sweat lodge, the tiyoshpae, Lakota values, etc., etc., and you only have the students for an hour once or uh, once or twice a week. And so, um, you know, for example, at at Red Cloud, they're they're really trying to expand the Lakota curriculum, as I've talked about in in previous shows, and, and I hope that that kind of language expansion, you know, lang- language being a key part of a school curriculum, especially a high school curriculum, well, actually any level of school curriculum, um, you know, that that's really going to start happening more and more as this language revitalization movement really uh, um, takes off. Wawaki Takuku classes ichupi science, math, English. Na heniu halila umpatita. Hochalakoti apikinaku yuankal unzabunchib. You know the um the other classes in the curriculum are obviously very important. They're their math class, their history class, you know, science classes, um and you know, me me being a history teacher myself, you know, I, I I don't want to see any of those classes, um, you know, pushed off to the margins. But I think that there's also a place among, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, the real class classes um, for Lakota language to be a class that meets as often uh, where they are required to take as many classes as part of the school curriculum, um, you know, where it's treated as... um, Seriously, as the rest of the curi- curriculum, you know, I said uh, last week we were saying Lakota language is sometimes treated kind of like gym class, <laughs> you know, and uh, physical education is really important. That's not to uh, to discount the importance of gym class, but but the meaning of that statement is that it's it, it's often sort of um, treated within the schools as something that's not really. Um, you know, not not really part of the grading system, um, not something where they might expect, you know, to 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 be really 
um, challenged um, scholastically, challenged academically, you know, or have homework and and that sort of thing. So, so what we see over time, especially by the time the students get to the high school, is that a lot of them have a mindset that, you know, Lakota classes are not really part of the main curriculum. You know, they got their real classes, and then on the side, kind of like a side dish, they have their, their Lakota classes. And so hopefully, you know, there's a lot of research that shows the importance of um, students learning two languages as, you know, as they grow up and as they go through their education. Um, and obviously here in Lakota country, from a, from a cultural standpoint, you know, not just at home, but also in the schools. It's, it's good for the students to have that foundation um, in their heritage, language, and culture. And so it was really good news for me. Um, recently, a friend of mine sent me a copy of the new OST Constitution. And as many of you know, there, was, um, there were recent um, amendments on the ballot and most of the amendments passed and made certain uh, minor to moderate changes to the Constitution. And I just want to uh, draw attention to one. It was uh, a little amendment and a small change, but I think one that has the potential to be really important. And let's see, I brought, I wrote it down. It is Amendment Z, Article 4. Powers of the Council, Section 1, Enumerated Powers. And it's just one sentence that, um, that was uh, changed. Now, here's the old wording. It says that this is an enumerated power of the Council to cultivate Native arts, crafts, and culture, to administer charity, and to protect the health and general welfare of the tribe. The new wording is as follows, and notice what is added in there, um, that it is an enumerated power of the council to regulate, preserve, and strengthen native arts, crafts, culture, and the Lakota language. So uh, it's in there, <laughs> the Lakota language. Uh, you know, that, that's something that, um, you know, at, at, a, at a constitutional level um, that the council has the um the power or the um the mandate i guess you would call it to not only preserve but also strengthen the lakota language um and and you know it was passed back in 1990 i believe almost almost 20 years ago now lakota being the official language of the pine ridge reservation and you know we've talked on the on the show about this before and it's not really uh, going out on a limb to say this, that that um, that resolution is really good, but it doesn't necessarily have teeth, as they say. Um, it it it's it's hard to say how that really um, changes things. You know, the 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 tribal council meetings are not required to be in Lakota. Um, the, the, the English language is everywhere. It's infiltrated every. You know every level, um, you know of, of government and and sort of everything we do here um, on the reservation, and and so um, hopefully this plus you know added on to that resolution um, declaring Lakota the the official language, you know the, this this movement that Lexi and I always talk about will will start to gain gain some momentum, and particularly at the level that I work within every day at the, at the level of schools, um, the educational level, that um, Lakota classes will start to become more of a central part of the mainstream curriculum. And, you know, I really want to um, say hello out there to everyone that is um, teaching Lakota language, everyone out there that's teaching any subject you know, as someone that works works in the schools, I, I know the challenges. Um, I know the um, you know the the ins and outs of the job, the challenges, the delights, 
the ups and the downs and and especially to the the long term teachers, those who've been teaching ten, twenty, thirty years. Um, you know, we, we really really appreciate um all that you do. And of course anybody out there uh, you know, keeping the Lakota language in the home, um, teaching teaching Lakota language to your children or grandchildren, nieces and nephews. Uh, you know, really it's really a good thing that you're um, doing and and we really appreciate it. So I think next week or, or two weeks from now when Lexi and I are both both back, maybe we'll we'll talk about that issue a little more. And he told me in time for me to grab some things from home that he would not be able to come. So let's see. I did bring a story because it is the Lakota storytelling hour. Um and I've, I've got a couple of things here, so let's see. Maybe, maybe a joke. Then really talking seriously for a little bit about issues. So, uh, so tell a little, tell a little joke here. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of odd sitting here in the studio, talking to yourself. After a while, it kind of makes you wonder if the mic's even on or if you're just sitting in a room talking to yourself. <laughs> But anyways, every time we have the show, people tell us that they they listen. So uh, so anyway, here is Joke uh, in Lakota, and maybe Dok shall translate. Wadohal hekta omakha doki mikchemna zapton heha kiwahewa otkhua hetkhank hekta yokta glushampi. He unthata halilatre hamazaska kpatampi. Nawana ichi piela yuhapi. Ashki talani hinchiab. Wanjini oyankeki itranka omanishni. Chawashitu o uyampi ki ata atash osloyapshni. Ho ash yechinkianka wa yuhana makhoche oapi wa yuhana yawapi mstepi. Hocha Wabhaki dana, eina, and petukiata yana yana gita, chiot hoahet hankek taipi. Iu noa nat heha aacha, wanchagana, oichi manit hippi, wanji olepi. O hanket wanji iaona, et chalt hungashit kupiki, each at a ot hankayeta yekinicha. O chat hiopi it hogab, a hichbeapi, hakoja hokshilo wankchi. Yukha Hanaus Tima Yayona Oihet Hipiki Olehampi Yukha Mgnahilaka Wichachalaki Dakawa Woini Han Chawayanke Winuchalawa Wichithokapia Ata Dokechala Nas Uz Omani Yukha Thithahabia Ithokabinajina Badnwa Abut Inze Wadohan yukha itchoka kyopawa unganahelaka yechinka nara nawinuchala gimahelia. Yukha kyopagi echel naokyutre. Wichachal giata chasagd eu. Kyopagi iwanka betuina inska. Late eu anjigji na ilelena wo iawa. Awashitria numbers. Uh, <laughs> Etke ishtag akbana ichana ie. Wichachjalaki chakojakbakuki chancha achjo oispina inachdina nikushiki glio iayo ekie. Inachdina nikushiki glio iayo ekie. So, anyway, in English, um, back 
oh, say about 50 years ago, there was a uh, a reservation family that decided to <clears throat> make a trip to the big city, and uh, they'd been saving their money for a long time, <clears throat> and they finally had enough to make the journey. But they were, they were a little nervous. None of them had ever been off the reservation before, and uh, they they didn't know much about um, life off the reservation in that day. Um, but they had a car, and they had a map, and, and you know, all of that. So <clears throat> they packed up their stuff and headed out, uh, drove all day long and drove, and finally uh, got to the big city. And uh, <clears throat> by that time, it was getting late, so they were looking around for a hotel. They found a hotel, and, and just then the, the grandpa of the family really had to go bathroom. So uh, they dropped him off at the front door uh, with his grandson to go with him. So anyway, they uh, walked in into the lobby, and, and they were looking around for a bathroom. And, and all of a sudden, the, the old man saw something that uh, really kind of blew his mind. And it, here it was. There was a there was an old lady. Uh, she walked she walked in front of them, um, really kind of hunched over, shuffling, uh, had a walker. And anyway, she got to the wall and uh, pushed a button on on the wall, and here the door opened, uh, opened, and and that that woman went inside. Um, and then the the door closed in front of that old woman or close behind her. And uh, the old man was uh, really uh, stunned at this. He didn't know what to make of it. And uh, looked up above the door, and, and lights were going on one by one. And uh, and eventually they started going out one by one in the reverse direction. And uh, the door opened again. But this time, instead of the old woman, there is this uh, real pretty young girl came out, young woman with uh, long hair and real pretty brown eyes, uh, and the grandpa was just staring at her open mouth, um, and when the young woman uh, noticed this, she gave him a wink and a little laugh uh, before she before she headed out. So uh, as a result of this, the old man uh, really grabbed his grandson's arm and he said, hey, go get your grandma. <laughs> So, uh, Chola, who sent me that one over uh, over email, that was a good one. Lila Ichamaya. Ichat Emaya. Pilamaya Elo. But anyway, it is, as I said, the OLC storytelling hour, and it would not be complete without a, a story. And a while back I was... Um, kind of working on a little project. I always had these little projects, and it was uh, taking children's books and translating them um, into Lakota so that they would be uh, bilingual. And this particular book is called The Girl Who Loved Wild Horses, and it is by Paul Goebel. Lakota title, Wikoshkalakawan Shunwathogala Khewichachila Gihe. And it's it's a really nice story, and I take the blame for any um, errors in translation, errors in vocabulary, errors in uh, pronunciation, but um, I really like this story, and so that will be the uh, story for tonight. Manahotraya <laughs> The people were always moving from place to place following the herds of buffalo. They had many horses to carry the teepees and all their belongings. They trained their fastest horses to hunt the buffalo. 
We Khaji iota yu iok pipicha we koskalaki sloye na iwobulu chana dektel o yobulu lawa el ionap hapiki na kunsloye na gana shunkoak hawanji unkwich iachanshna kichaye. There was a girl in the village who loved horses. She would often get up at daybreak when the birds were singing about the rising sun. She led the horses to drink at the river. She spoke softly and they followed. People noticed that she understood horses in a special way. She knew which grass they liked best and where to find them shelter from the winter blizzards. If a horse was hurt, she looked after it. Ampetu iyo hila hunkuki minik ina shampahi oki ina shna iglushtam chanawikhoshkalakaki shunkoakhanki ob unkdacha iyaikie. Oblaikiel iayukhwichakwa ash ohinit hiotchaya ophichie. Ampetuwa el wiki wangatu yehina wikhoskalaka kilila khwa. Cha shinaki makhati yibalaya ekikanaki na iyunke. Shunko akhanki wanakh cha ohaha waashlapi kilila onakh unashtegechi. Hanke ishtime. Itche hayawakiya hotkhum ash yichichapshin. Madohan yukham akhbiya shapa ea wokhuk prehahi na wakhangliki tchai hingale. Ho ash hechna kiktashni. Ee tchadeki ideki wakhwaila gastona mahajumanaki shmea ishtimekhiye. Every day, when she had helped her mother carry water and collect firewood, she would run off to be with the horses. She stayed with them in the meadows but was careful never to go beyond sight of home. One hot day when the sun was overhead, she felt sleepy. She, sp- she spread her blanket and lay down. It was nice to hear the horses eating and moving slowly among the flowers. Soon she fell asleep. A faint rumble of distant thunder did not waken her. Angry clouds began to roll out across the sky with lightning flashing in the darkness beneath, but the fresh breeze and scent of rain made her sleep soundly. Suddenly there was a flash of lightning, a crash and rumbling which shook the earth. The girl leapt to her feet in fright. Everything was awake. Horses were rearing up on their hind legs and snorting in terror. She grabbed a horse's mane and jumped on his back. In an instant, the herd was galloping away like the wind. She called to the horses to stop, but her voice was lost in the thunder. Nothing could stop them. She hugged her horse's neck with her fingers twisted into his mane. She clung on, afraid of falling under the drumming hooves. Shunko akhankilila och ankhoya naunkapi, wakianki nawicha kiphak dacha. Minihiae iecha baha uptapta na osmak obhaya riela naunkae. Woyish iae un ianka ana, hankea makhoche wan hokja cha ekta ehuni. Oshiche cha kikita ji optiena kaskiae. Shunko akhawadukha piki ohanketa. Ah, 
na ui khoshkalaka ki paha e oksha heki wayaka okihi makhocheki yekieshni na nunipiki sloye the horses galloped faster and faster pursued by the thunder and lightning they swept like a brown flood across hills and through valleys fear drove them on and on leaving their familiar grazing grounds far behind at last the storm disappeared over the horizon the tired horses slowed and then stopped and rested stars came out and the moon shone over hills the girl had never seen before she knew they were lost Next morning she was wakened by a loud neighing. A beautiful spotted stallion was prancing to and fro in front of her, stamping his hooves and shaking his mane. <clears throat> he was strong and proud and more handsome than any horse she had ever dreamed of. He told her that he was the leader of all the wild horses who roamed the hills. He welcomed her to live with them. She was glad and all her horses lifted their heads and neighed joyfully, happy to be free with the wild horses. the people searched everywhere for the girl and the banished horses. They were nowhere to be found. But a year later, two hunters rode into the hills where the wild horses lived. When they climbed a hill and looked over the top, they saw the wild horses led by the beautiful spotted stallion. Beside him rode the girl leading a colt. <clears throat> they, called, they called out to her. She waved back, but the stallion quickly drove her away with all his horses. Wichashiki naunglapina kihunipina dakawayanka piki oyakab. We the, mounter, the hunters galloped home and told what they had seen. The men mounted their fastest horses and set out at once. It was a long chase. The stallion defended the girl and the colt. He circled round and round them so that the riders could not get near. They tried to catch him with ropes, but he dodged them. He had no fear. His eyes shone like cold stars. He snorted and his hooves struck as fast as lightning. The riders admired his courage. They might never have caught the girl except her horse stumbled. And she fell. Hunkunat kukukiake wangalaka chayushkimpi. Nadokish chuit kupiki inche yok pikta gechim. Hiata gli uncha. 
she was glad to see her parents and they and they thought she would be happy to be home again but soon they saw that she was sad and missed the colt and the wild horses each evening as the sun went down people would hear the stallion neighing sadly from the hilltop above the village calling for her to come back the days passed her parents knew the girl was lonely she became ill and the doctors could do nothing to help her they asked what would make her well again i love to run with the wild horses she answered they are my relatives if you let me go back to them i shall be happy forevermore Shungbaloka <laughs> Now wambli wiaka na abach latae sindena apheo hanki iawi chak chichashkapi. Na ayopte wi koshkalakaki shung chinchalaki hunkunat kukuki wi u. Her parents loved her and agreed that she should go back to live with the wild horses. They gave her a beautiful dress and the best horse in the village to ride. The spotted stallion led his wild horses down from the hills. The parents gave them fine things to wear colorful blankets and decorated saddles. They painted designs on their bodies and tied eagle feathers and ribbons to their manes and tails. In return, the girl gave the colt to her parents. Everyone was joyful. Once again the girl rode beside the spotted stallion. They were proud and happy together. But she did not forget her people. Each year she would come back and she always brought her parents a colt. Ashitrahanawichasawakulamani <laughs> And then one year she did not return and, they, and, and was never seen again. But when hunters next saw the wild horses, there galloped beside the mighty stallion a beautiful mare with a mane and tail floating like, wisp, floating like wispy clouds above her. They said the girl had surely become one of the wild horses at last. Today we are still glad to remember that we have relatives among the horse people, and it gives us joy to see the wild horses running free. Our thoughts fly with them.
The end. And again, that book is called uh, The Girl Who Loved Wild Horses by Paul Goebel, and it is available at fine retailers everywhere. Oh, one other thing. Still got some time left. Um, earlier we were talking about um, talking about Lakota language in the school system, um, and <clears throat> and Lakota at the at the uh, tribal administrative level, and hopefully Lakota becoming um, more. Uh, more of a central class to school curriculums. Last week, I think I mentioned that I, I called a number of colleges and universities that uh, that have language requirements for high schools, um, high schoolers who are applying, and I asked them, uh, I said, I work at a reservation-based school. The only non-English language that we offer um, is Lakota language. Um, is it, does that count? Essentially, would that count for their language requirement as an applicant? And of those schools that had a language requirement, um, every one of them said that they that they would accept those credits. And I think it's also significant um, just the fact that a lot of schools do have language requirements, and it, it just goes to show that a lot of colleges and universities um, hold the learning of a language in as high regard as they do the learning of um, uh, American history, English literature, you know, biology, chemistry, algebra, and all those other things that they expect high schoolers to learn. But the other component of that is uh, is the home, and as those people who have taught Lakota language for years or even decades know, it's very difficult. Even if you have students an hour a day, five days a week, nine months out of the year, um, it, it's very difficult to produce a fluent speaker out of that. You know, it, students come and go. Uh, you know, you, you don't have them for three months every summer. At the beginning of the next year, you probably kind of have to start over. So we see this situation where students get into high school-level Lakota classes and they're still having to learn the basics, uh, the animal names, the numbers, the colors, you know, foods. Meanwhile, in English class, because English has a progressive curriculum by high school, they're, you know, they're reading books, they're reading poetry, they're writing essays, they're analyzing literature, um, and somewhere down the road, years in the future, it would be really great if by, say, the ninth grade level, they were able to, you know, read advanced text in Lakota, um, write short essays, you know, comparing different texts or, you know, um, um, expository essays all in Lakota. Um, without having to translate them from English, but actually write them Lakota from a Lakota thought perspective. But that is, uh, <laughs> that's a dream in the future. In the present, though, the reason I, I talked about the difficulty at the school level is because um, in the home, especially before reaching school age, children have a much uh, much more of an exposure to their um, parents or guardians, whoever they're staying with. Um, you know, for, for especially their early years, they spend, you know, almost around the clock with, with family members. And so if Lakota transmission is happening in the home, you know, the, that child has a really good chance of growing up as, as a bilingual individual able to communicate fully in both Lakota and English. And I've been spending some time online on the Internet 
looking into you know they, they, if you if you go on the internet if you look at um, oh if you look for multilingual forums there are so many different online communities of multilingual families meaning not necessarily just two languages spoken within the family but maybe three or four maybe the mother speaks two languages and the father speaks one language and they're living in a country you know like they move to a different country and so there's a fourth language in that country that the kids are learning in school and it's not it's it's really not as common as a lot of us would think for children to be learning three or four different languages all at once in the home. And especially in other parts of the world where small countries border on each other um, real close together or there are various um, languages within the same country, uh, you, multilingualism is much more common than monolingual, monolingualism which is what predominates in the United States. The United States is the great monolingual culture of the world. Um, English, English, English uh, is, is mostly what's spoken anywhere. And, you know, reading through these sites and reading about how families are able to successfully get children to learn three or four languages as, as they grow up, um, you know, i got to say it, it, makes, it makes teaching two languages look easy. You know, English plus one other language is is a piece of cake compared to, um, you know, teaching four languages, especially if, you know, the parents only know, you know, each of them only know maybe two of those languages, and they're trying to keep up with the kids. But it is possible. They, they do it. There are, you know, techniques that they share to uh, make it work. And... Um, I just wanted to bring this example in because I thought it was um, I thought it was really interesting, and it's sort of three simple rules. This particular family is um, they are swap the. Let's see if I can remember the history of it. There's a mother, a father, and a daughter. The daughter's name is Sarah, and the mother is, I believe, American, and the father is. Um, He's from Africa. His language is Swahili. and But they live in America. But he really wants her, his daughter, to um, learn his first language. So even though they live in America in an English-speaking context, the daughter goes to an English-speaking school, um, he decided it was really important for her to learn his language. Now, he didn't make that decision until she was about three years old. And it would have been a lot easier if she had been an infant and had grown up completely um, bilingually with two languages. But it does go to show that even, you know, after after the child has reached a certain age, even older than three, um, if you make the decision to go bilingual, it's possible to start. But anyway, here's what he wrote um, on his on his blog. He says, as we've introduced the Swahili language quite late um, to Sarah, we've had to be quite strict about using it. Um, but four months in, it's showing results already. Sarah understands a lot and can respond with some basic phrases. Here are our three golden rules. Rule number one, daddy only speaks to the children, um, and I guess there's more than Sarah, but he only talks about Sarah. Daddy only speaks to the children in Swahili. If Sarah doesn't understand, he will repeat the phrase in English and then say it a third and final time in Swahili. Rule number two, when Sarah says something to Daddy in English, he repeats it in Swahili. So she has the phrase for the next time. Number three, and this is the one which really helps because Sarah is at her most motivated. All requests to Daddy must be made in Swahili. <clears throat> so when she wants her favorite song played, or another glass of milk, she knows how to ask in the magic language that makes things happen fast. So to recap, th th this could easily be done with Lakota or any other language. Let's say that you are the Lakota-speaking parent, um, or even a grandparent or guardian. Um, if you decide that you are going to um, 
be the Lakota-speaking person in the household to the young people. Um, you, can, you, can, you can follow these three simple guidelines. <clears throat> One, you always have to use it. Um, you know, not to say that if you, you know, don't use it once or twice, you might as well give up. But the more um, reinforcement, the more consistent you are with it, the faster learning is going to take place. And so use it, use it, use it. Um, be consistent with it. And um, <clears throat> rule number one was that if <clears throat> you say something to the child and the child doesn't understand, but they understand English, it's okay to repeat it in English. <clears throat> but once you've done that, repeat it a third time in Lakota <clears throat> to reinforce, excuse me, to reinforce how the phrase sounds in Lakota. Rule number two um expect as the child begins to learn <clears throat> and pick up the language that they will begin to not just hear it but also use it. And that step is very, very important <clears throat> because we all know that there are a lot of young people who can fluently understand Lakota um, and yet not speak it. We call that passive fluency. And it's really, really good that they can understand it, but 30 years down the road, <clears throat> it would be really good to have those same people as Lakota language teachers because they have that fluency. So getting them to not only hear it but speak it. So if the child says something to you in Lakota or, or in English, um, repeat it back to them in Lakota. So if, you know, she says to you, where are you going? You say back to her, um, do kialahe. Now, with the first rule, if you say, um, if you said to the hypothetical child, come here once, and she doesn't understand, then you say, hiutho. Then say, come here once. So you repeat it again, repetition. The third rule is, um, if you are the Lakota-speaking parent, um, you know, the, the child is going to have requests of you. They're going to want you to do things. Um, expect that those requests be made in the language. Um, you, you know, you don't have to be, don't have to be mean about it. <laughs> you don't have to make it unpleasant for them. But as they pick up the vocabulary at that age, they're perfectly able to use it once they've heard it enough times. And we said this many times on the show, children of that age are their, their brains are absolutely designed to pick up languages. They could probably pick up five languages if they wanted to at that stage. Um, it's much easier for them to do it than for those of us trying to learn as adults. Um, <clears throat> you know, they, they are lucky in that way. And um, the last thing I see that, uh, that, that time is starting to go. But the other thing that people talk about on these forums is, is just keep working through it. Keep working through it. Um, raising children in a bilingual environment uh, demands a really strong level of commitment, uh, structure, organization, and um, and dedication. You know, uh, and and often the child will reach a certain age, a certain stage of development, and they will rebel. Maybe for a day, maybe for a week. Maybe even for a month or two. They will, they won't want to speak the other language. They'll pretend they don't know it. They'll pretend they don't understand you. Um, and, and that's part of raising a bilingual child. That's natural. But just keep going. Keep going with it. You know, they will pass out of that stage. And they will, they will thank you later on in life. Also, when the child goes to school for the first time, um, you know, they're going to be pretty much in a full English environment unless they go to the immersion school um, and and keep at it. When they come home, it's going to be especially important for them to hear Lakota because they're probably not getting very much of it in school. Um, so keep at it. And if a teacher tells you or if somebody tells you, you know, in a well-meaning way that you are harming your child or doing some disservice to them by teaching them two languages that you're confusing them um don't listen to them and now each don't listen to that uh, it, it, it's not true 
it's a common misconception, but it is not true. Um, you, you are giving them a gift. You are giving them something which, which is going to be beneficial to their life. Um, and, and there's, there's a lot of research to back that up. Um, but, but, but don't back down. <laughs> Somebody tells you that, you know, politely but firmly say, you know, no, this is my decision and, uh, we're, we're going with it. So, um, Ganesh Tokata Okoki, um, uh, hey, okay, you walk lucky today. But our, my time is, uh, running out here and, Again, I just want to say good evening to all of you out there listening, and um, and have a good day. Uh, drive safe out there. Next week, Lekshimach Bia Wat will be doing the show, and uh, I will uh, say hi to Kolabarak on behalf of uh, all the voters in Shannon County that voted for him. And uh, we'll uh, be, be on here to talk to you again in another couple of weeks. Airways ki akayanke. One hundred thousand watt strong apps are. Tom Crash, uh, Wopila, Hanke Chichello. Go ahead.